God is continually wanting to do greater things in our lives. And God's greater plan for the future is built on the promise that God created us for more. More breakthroughs, more miracles, and more victories. So that we can overcome every impossible circumstance that we are facing in life. Often, we are waiting on God to move, and yet God is saying to us, it's your move. It's your move to not only look at the mountain, but it's your move to begin to speak to the mountain and move in faith. I'd like you to pull out your Bible to Mark chapter 11, and we're going to begin reading with verse number 22. Hope you'll take a few notes. Uh, we'll believe that God is going to speak a succinct word to us today. Chapter 11, beginning with verse 22. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Jesus is with his 12 leaders and they are coming out of Jerusalem and Jesus, as they were going into the city, had seen a fig tree that had leaves on it, which was an indication it should have fruit also. And Jesus, seeing that the appearance did not produce the result, Jesus spoke that that tree would not produce figs. And Jesus now, talking to his leaders, understands that they need to know how to speak to things and see things change by having faith in God. And Jesus looks at them and tells them, have faith in God. And then in verse 23, he mentions here regarding this importance of really believing. Again, in verse 24, he says, if you believe. So we have faith that is a noun. Believing is a verb. And in the original Greek here, the word faith, pistis, and the word believe, pisteo, come from the Greek root, pist, so that faith, exercising faith is believing, and believing is exercising faith. And Jesus says how essential it is to understand that all things are possible. In the Bible, there are these simultaneous highways in Matthew 19, 26, Jesus says, remember that all things, he says here that all things, uh, that with God all things are possible. And then he says, all things are possible to them who believe. 
And Jesus is saying, I want you to turn your attention to how mighty, how awesome, how big, how great God is. I don't want you to have reliance on how big you are, how smart you are, how educated you are, or how cool you are. I want you to have faith in God. Here, he's specifically not saying have the God kind of faith, but in the Greek, it's saying have a focus The object of your faith is God himself, and so orient yourself toward the God who is more than enough. Faith works supernaturally in our hearts. Everyone who is a believer is marked by a measure of faith. And Jesus here in giving us a talk about living in faith, makes a statement regarding doubt. And he says here in verse 23, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Doubt is a destroyer of faith. Doubt says, I'm not sure it's going to happen. Doubt says, I'm not sure I'll ever get married. Doubt says, I've been sick a long while. I'm not sure I'm going to be healed. And doubt erodes, disrupts, and destroys our faith. And Jesus warns us, can't expect great things and then have doubt raging in your heart. You have to stand up and know that doubt can keep us from God's best. We have to take a stand that our hearts are powerful when they are full of faith directed to God himself. It's interesting in Mark chapter six, when Jesus circled back to his hometown after doing miracles all over the community, when he came back home in Mark chapter six, verse five, he said that he could not do many miracles except lay hands on a few people and heal them. And verse six says he was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus looks on the heart. Jesus is looking for faith. Not how big the mountain is, but how big our God is. How strong our God is, that he is able to do great things. We have to understand that faith believes. And you're never dressed better than when you have a heart that is believing every promise that God has made available to us. You can't say faith believes without smiling and your whole countenance changes. Turn to somebody and say faith believes. Faith believes. Now, when faith is active in the heart, faith speaks. And here in our scripture today, it says, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. All of us know that in Matthew chapter 16, it talks about our binding and loosening. We look at a mountain, we begin to take authority in prayer over the stronghold or the mountain. 
But most often, what we are hurling at the mountain are the promises of God that the Bible says have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, that every one of us have been given these promises and that when we hurl these promises at Goliath, the mountain has to come down, the enemy has to be defeated, and we begin to walk in courage and confidence that we are not on the defensive, we are not running from our mountain, we're not running from Goliath, but we are stepping up to him, and we are standing on the promises of God, and we are confident that when he says something, and it's in his word that it is a promise for heaven, from heaven, and is a promise that is personalized to us, and that it is a promise that we begin to put into our spirit, we begin to say with our mouth, so that when fear is raging and doubt has joined the party, and it looks like we are defeated and we can't sleep at night, that somehow we rise up and we begin to get our senses and understand that we have a mind that is often a rogue, we have emotions that are trying to tell us what we need to do, and we have to overcome what we're feeling, and we have to overcome what our mind is going crazy about, and we have to take our stand, and we have to be ruthless, and we have to say, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, that it is a scripture that God has not given to, that scripture says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you by my righteous one right hand. So that when I have these rocks and these stones, I'm like David that is hurling a stone at Goliath. And sometimes you have to say it out loud and walk around your bedroom and walk around your house. And you take that promise because that promise is your promise. And you begin to hurl it at the enemy in the name of Jesus. We have the ammunition. We need to use it. It's not about having verses in your mind. Verses in your mind will have no effect at all. Faith is not in my mind. Faith is not in my emotions. Faith is inside of my heart. I'm dangerous when I have walk around with faith inside of me. It doesn't matter how big the mountain is. I'm David and I'm going to take down my enemy because my heart is full of faith. I found in my own life, my biggest enemy is my mind. My mind will drive me crazy. And I got to get up and tell my mind, you be quiet in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you, you be quiet. My brain trying to figure everything out and, and my mind has logic. The only thing is it doesn't have faith. And I'm prone to wake up in the middle of the night I'm a recovered perfectionist and begin to think of everything that's not going right. Anybody like that? No one. Thank you for your consolation. But I'm telling you, I'm getting better at that. I begin to pull out my verses at three o'clock in the morning and I begin to say, if God is for me, who can be against me? I begin to say the words in my mind through the Holy Spirit. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. You have to learn the language of faith. How many have learned another language in your life? You, you know two languages, you think. <laughs> well, here's the third language, the language of faith. And most people know speak of the language. They know speak of the language. They speak of the language of everything that's wrong. If it's hot out, they say it's hot out. If it's raining out, oh, it's raining out. You can't win. It's either raining or hot, but you don't like either one. Why'd you come to Florida? <laughs> Speak everything negative. Some people have a gift. You, you, with them, you know they're going to mention something negative in the first five minutes. Well, I got a pain and my head's hurting me and my, my arm is falling off and my wife doesn't. They're, they have the gift of negativity. I stay away from those people because they steal my faith. They rob me of my faith and I begin to get disturbed in my spirit because I hate that kind of talk. God hates that kind of conversation. And in fact, in Proverbs 13, three says, guard your lips, guard your lips. 
going to take you out. Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. Most people talk death. I'm at the gym. They're talking all the politics and all the negative things, then they go on the thing. And you think for a moment I'm not I'm gonna join that conversation. I got nothing to say. I'm not going to perpetuate a runway of negativity and get on their highway. I'm not getting in. I'm not going to join in the negative talk because if I have a negative mouth, I'm not going to have a, a mouth that is speaking faith. I want to be accused of being a person of faith. I want to be a person that says things that are absolutely off the chains, ridiculous, because faith, you're not in the real world. You're not in the real world. You're saying things that are beyond the natural. Faith speaks. Jesus says, you begin to speak the promises of God over your mountains and your circumstances. Don't pray for healing alone. Have a verse that you are standing on. Don't stand on the prayer. Stand on the promises and pray. Whatever you're standing on, have a promise, and you're standing on the promise and speaking it like Matthew 8, 17. Faith is always in the present tense. You don't say, I'm going to be healed. That is not faith. The Bible says here in this, are you still here? Bible says in verse 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received it, that's past tense. So I believe I receive it before I receive it. So I can't say, well, I'm going to be healed. No, get your, get your verbs and tense right. Any school teachers here? Get into the present tense. You begin to say, I believe I am healed. And then you take a scripture like Matthew 8, 17. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. He took my sicknesses and he took my diseases. And you, you plaster that on the mirror when you're putting your women, putting your makeup on the morning. You put it in the house and put it in your phone and you begin to say it and you begin to speak it. And when you feel a pain, you begin to say what God says and we'll see miracles begin to happen. Now, we not only have the promises of God, but we have personal promises he gives us. They are personal to our walk with the Lord. It's about 1957, 1997. We were in rented buildings having Wednesday night service in the Winter Park Civic Center where the train went through a few feet from there and the whole building shook. And we moved from place to place to place. It looked bleak. In prayer, one morning, I heard a personal prophet, a, a personal promise, and the Lord said, someone will give you the land for the building. It was not logical. It was not reasonable. But I believed it. We started to talk about it, told the church, nothing happened for at least five years. Never asked anybody for land, never went to anybody for land. Someone came, Mr. Brossman said, Alex, I'll give you that land. Personal promise. What personal promises have you been given and are you speaking the personal, pro the personal promises that God has given to you February 14, 2016, the Lord gave me the promise, Alex, prepare for the greatest awakening in the history of the Christian church. I think about it every day. I speak it every day. I believe it every day. I remember when this property, we had nothing on it. I was in prayer one morning, and in the prayer, I was standing on the corner out here where the, pro where the property was, and on John Young, and the Lord said that that John Young will be, there'll be cars packed up trying to get in here and people will come off from all over the world because there will be so many miracles that are happening in this church. 
Someone came to me this last week. He said, do you know that there's eight-laning John Young out here? They're getting it ready for us. The county brought a $42 million bridge just to come to church in the sun. Didn't cost us anything. So what are you seeing? So what are you... What are you speaking? What are the words that you're speaking? Are you speaking the promise? Are you speaking what God says? Remember, if you're in a family and you're a wife or a husband, everyone is listening to you. And you may not know the effect you have by your words. Your words can bring death. And a lot of people, they should have a sign over their house, the place of death. We speak our problems, we talk about our problems, we evaluate our problems, we go to bed with our problems, we sleep with our problems. We are a mess because we have become problem or Listen, problems are mountains and mountains are to come down. Jesus says, speak to those boys, speak to those things, speak to those things. And I command in the name of Jesus that whatever mountain is in your brain, whatever containment that you have put around yourself, that you are thinking so small, you are thinking in such a way of negativity, you wake up in the morning, your mind is negative, you look at your mountains, the mountain, che- the, your, the mountain looks back at you and it literally intimidates you and your life is miserable because you have doubt in your heart, you breathe doubt, you speak doubt, you are a doubter, we ought to put a sign on you be careful contamination I am a living doubter speak of the language speak what the promise is speak it out mix young people tell people what you're tell your, your friends what you're going to be in your life People failure in your life, you're getting out. In Jesus' name. Side warning, side note warning. If God closes a door, don't speak it to open. There are doors that close. Let those those doors be barred up it's history. Put a sign, done on there. D-O-N-E. Paul wanted to go into Asia. Door closed. He could have spoken to it. The door was closed. There are certain doors, and you have to discern in the spirit what doors need to be shaken open and which ones are closed because you don't want to, close, you don't want to walk through a closed door because you'll be out of the will of God. Speak to the mountain. Speak the promise. And maybe laugh at what the enemy's trying to do. Say, you're not taking me out. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. Ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. As Brother Hagin used to say, ha, ha, laugh at your mountains. How many of you are so serious? You've been eating serious cereal or something. You're too serious. You need to pick up your pace. Lighten up. Look at the promises of God. Swipe your faith card. Get up. Hold your shoulders back. The promises of God have been fulfilled. Second Corinthians chapter One, verse number 21, they're fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Thirdly, faith sees. Now, the scripture that is so important is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. I'd like us to read and say this very loudly. For we live by faith... Pick it up a little louder. For we live by faith, not by sight. 
Say it a little louder. For we Now, this is not talking about the physical realm. You need to look if you're crossing the street. <laughs> if you're driving the car, you better have good sight. However, this is the spiritual realm. And we're not living by what we see, and that's the mountain. And here, the Bible is saying that we live by faith and not by sight. We are seeing what God sees. We are seeing not the mountain before us. We are seeing God's bigger panoramic view of what he is superimposing on the screen. What do you see? What do you see? Are you seeing what God sees? And when you see what God sees, are you seizing it and saying it and believing it? This is not humanism. This is not mind over matter. This is heart faith over circumstances. What is it you see? What do you see about your future? Because when you stop seeing the future, you're ready to be buried. And in fact, you're on your way because you're in the grave of blindness. The day you get up and you lose your spiritual sight, you're not motivated to go nowhere. We only go get motivated because we're going somewhere. You don't get in your car here and get excited to drive around the campus here 50,000 times. No motivation there. What do you see? What do you see in your future? What do you see that God sees? What do you see in this church? I know that God has given promises that I see in the spiritual realm. I see in the spiritual realm, every time that I come out to a service, I hate to tell you this, but I don't see what I see. I see a building packed with people and there are no empty seats and people can't get in and the ushers are going crazy. I see it. I see it. Just like when I was in business many years ago, and a pastor, Pastor Eddie Barg of Calvary Assembly came to me and said, Alex, would you do the youth ministry in our church and be the director? I didn't see it because I like to make money and be a success. Loved God too. But he saw me doing something I didn't see. So we have to help people see they can't see so that they can get where they need to go because we are the seers for them. We are the prophetic people that we speak over to them because a lot of people don't see what God sees in them and they may never see what God sees in them and that's why we have community so that we are speaking faith into each other. So faith I do not have for my future or to be used from God by God is spoken into me by someone else and now their faith comes into me and I begin to seethe in the faith that they have, and I begin to see what God wants to do. What are you seeing? We started 12 little young people in a shed and a side there in a Sunday school classroom at 9.45. And after a while, I saw more than 12 kids. I tell you, when you get young people seeing, and everybody sees it, after a while, there's an explosion and there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Most of it is about seeing in faith what God wants to do and what God can do. It's like the miracles that he desires to do right here in our church. 
right here in our family. It was May the 3rd, and Nicole and her husband, Justin, were at work, and all of a sudden, Nicole noticed something was happening to her left eye, like a kaleidoscope and peripheral vision. Then it moved to her right eye. Then she felt weak and pain in her brain, her head, and all of a sudden, her right arm became numb. They washed, they rushed her to the hospital. They took a CT scan, and they found in the frontal lobe of the brain a mass, one centimeter by one centimeter. They rushed her to the Florida hospital, put her in the hospital, and their friends in this church started to call on the name of the Lord to that mountain. And they took an MRI. And that morning, the doctor came in and said, I see nothing. You haven't had a stroke. You're fine. I would call that a revival of power. And you know what? God wants to do the same thing right here in our lives, that every time that we are gathered together and you come in and you get up early in the morning and you take your kids over there, you come and you spend all this time to enter into this room, that it, you are incapable of leaving this place the way you came in, that whatever is over you, and we all have something during the week that comes over us, but when the word of God is declared with clarity by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we begin to talk about the greatness of God, that as we listen and our hearts are touched by that, we find ourselves seeing our mountains move. Simply by sitting in this building, there begins to be a revival spirit, and we begin to see things happen, and when things begin to happen, there's a revival inside of us. And when you're full of the revival and the fire of God, nobody can shut you down. Nobody can close you down because you know something's happening inside of you. What do you see happening? What do you see happening in our church? What do you see God doing in our congregation? And what do you see and how are you going to be a part of something that is beyond anything we have ever seen in this church? What would happen if 100% of every person in this building begin to rise up and rather than living from defeat to defeat and the mountains being your God, you begin to pull down your gods and you begin to say, listen, I'm not living like that anymore. I'm a part of a spirit-filled church. We are anointed by the Holy Spirit and we kill giants. We kill giants. And the mountains have to come down. The mountains have to come down. And Jesus says, I want you to have faith in God. I want you to get your focus on how great he is. I want you to get your focus on how mighty he is. What do you see? I'm one person. I can declare the scriptures. What causes an upheaval of revival that would be unprecedented, unprecedented, in the Western Hemisphere, what would cause that? I'm one person. I can't do that. But what happens if every person rises up and whatever step you're at, you take the next step and then you take the next step. What is your next step? Is it opening your home? Is it being in community? Is it praying for the sick? Is it joining the prayer team? Is it being a part of an outreach? Is it being a part of something great? What would happen if Church in the Sun is activated? What would happen if we begin to see every individual pumped, excited, dynamically empowered, speaking faith, in community, talking about the miracles of God, praying for the miracles of God, getting the person that is down up, getting the person that is given up to get back on track? There is more potential in you than you ever understand. There are plans that are bigger than you have ever conceived in your mind. There are people that are sitting in this room. You are going to die. You are going, you're in, your life would be over. And why would you want the enemy to silence you until you become an observer, like attending a magic game, sitting in the stands, telling them all how to play? It's different when you're on the field. 
Yeah, you can say, I don't know why he did this, and then he did go over here, and they're over Why don't you get in the game? Why don't you get in the game? What do you see about our church? How do you see you're participating? What is God calling you to do? Our ministry of counseling and Don Middleton, we need a hundred, we need a hundred there. We want to be able to counsel and minister to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people. We don't intend to have a sick church. We're not going to come in and, and everybody's sick emotionally. Your, your family's messed up. My family's messed up, but we love Jesus. That's not congruent. We are here to get everybody healthy. We're here to get everybody on fire. No one left behind. Everybody ignited by the Spirit of God. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? This is your 11 o'clock service. What do you see? What do you see happening here? How are you going to participate? How are you going to be a part of this? We are not repeating. We're not repeating Sundays. When I see a movie, I don't ever want to see it again. Some people, Judy, they can see it over and over and over and over again. I've seen it once. I saw it. I can't see it again. I saw it. I don't like to have the same services. I don't want to have what we had last week and the last week. I get bored. I get bored. In Jesus' name, every service should be different. You should be, you, before and after the service, don't come in here on your motorcycle and leave and get on your motorcycle. Say, God, show me someone. Help me to minister. Help me to be directed. Lead me to the person. Help me be used by God. Come in the auditorium. See somebody sitting by themselves. Go over and sit next to them. Can I pray for you? Words of knowledge. It's called about a real church. It's a real church. When we were in Asia, I, I was inflamed with what God was doing. I spoke at that leadership conference, and here's a man speaking at the same conference, Pastor Kumar uh, from India, and here he gets up and he begins to speak, and he's talking about what God is doing uh, in this particular uh, city in Hyderabad, India. This is, this is, these are all Hindus, okay? What, is it easier here or there? Here, for sure. And all of a sudden, he's, he's building a church, 18,000 people, and they have 180,000 in their church. And I think, oh my God, they got a different God over there than we have here. Either that, their God is favored and he loves them more than he loves us. And I thought, well, uh, could something like that happen here? Could something like that happen here? Could something like that happen here? And what would, what would bring that about is that everybody becomes active and, be, and people begin to see it. This is your service. You fill up this service and then we're gonna, because one day we're gonna have five services, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna have five of them. This is your service. You fill up this service because every seat represents a person that can go to heaven as compared to going to the bad place. Okay, and we are called to see a revival like we have never seen before. Calvary Temple, they have the faith, they believe it, and people are coming by the thousand. Hindus, 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 Hindus. Imagine, imagine everyone in this building. Next week, you just brought one. One person that is lost. And the next week, everybody brings one. And then the next week, everybody brings one. And then everybody is, we have 100 getting saved every weekend. I'm glad for two or three or four, but I'll tell you, I see 100 every, every weekend coming to Christ. So the church moves from inside about us to we begin to see a revival and a move of God that shakes the gates of hell and crushes the evil powers of hell. And it's time for us. It's time for us to move the mountain. And we're going to sing this song, No One Leave for a Second, Hold On, The Fire's Still Coming Down. And we're going to stand up. My prayer is... You do not leave this house the same. And don't you go back to your house with the same deal, that negativity. What are you getting up? We are going to be a different church. We are not repeating this service next week. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a repeat, Judy. This is going to be a one fire. I'm going to ask you to bring a person next week. And we're going to see this church explode because, as Reinhard Bunke says, we're going to plunder hell and populate heaven. We're going to plunder hell.
Now we're going to sing this. Come out a little here. We're going to hit this hard. Now we're going to, Austin, let's hit it hard about moving the mountain. No one leave now. Don't move your chair. So I want us, I want, don't just. All right, we're starting. Hit it. Hit it. wonderful to know that we have this assurance that no matter how we have messed up our life, that Christ is able to give us a brand new life. Cross is always a reminder to us that he took our sins, our sickness, took our pain so that we could have a brand new life. And every week we see people that will step out and say, I need Christ in my life. And Christ begins to take away the guilt, the condemnation, the shame, that we never get what we deserve. And Jesus, with a smile of grace and love, reaches out his heart, and he says to us, you come. Think of John 8, the woman that was sleeping around and they wanted to, religious leaders wanted to take her out. And Jesus, with great grace and love, welcomed her into his kingdom and said, now you've, you were made for better than that. Don't do that anymore. And that's what he says to all of us. Whatever path of darkness, he said, Jesus says, you were made for better than that. You were made to be my child, and to have a new life and a new heart, become a new creation. In a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity, some of you to just to raise your hand and to say, pray for me. I want this new life 
of Jesus. Don't let what you've done stop you from understanding how valuable you are. For even in our sin, Christ was forgiving us. We have to come and say, Jesus, here I am. Forgive me of my sin. I want to count to three in a moment. You say, pray for me. I want, I want to be forgiven. I want to ask you just to throw up your hand. One, two, three. Throw it up wherever you are. Put it up. Say, yes, it's me. It's me. Go ahead. Hands. Yeah. Put it up. 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 Do it. Do it. Backsliders. Hopeless. Whatever it is. I'm going to ask everyone that raise your hand. Just walk the aisle. Just stand here for a minute. We're going to just pray with you. Come, 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 come. Come, come, come. come. Balcony, come. Come, come, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come now, come now, come now. That's it, that's it. Come, come, balcony. Come down here. Yes, come, come. Come to Jesus. Come, come. Come to Jesus. Come right now. The balcony. Yes, come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Yes, yes, yes. Come to Christ. Get out of sin. Get out. Look at this, look at this. Yes. 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 Come. Come right now. amazing all of you that have come look up for a moment if you would we're not we're not here to focus on how bad we are we are focusing on how wonderful Christ is and that he is here to change your life I wish I could tell you how valuable you are to Christ that is the eternal God he he sees you in such a light. He sees you changed and being useful and having a new life. We do not focus on our behavior. We focus on Jesus gives us a new heart. And we pray a prayer from our heart of surrender. And after we pray this prayer, Pastor Dave is here, our new believer pastor and his friends we're going to take you to the side for a couple minutes give you some material let me tell you that Jesus is about to change your life some of you are watching uh, on our campus uh, around the world uh, online and there are some people here in this building and watching you recently had a DUI and you had a bout in jail for a period of time feeling pretty bad about yourself well, Christ is going to pull you out of where you're in and also there are a few people that were unfaithful to your mate and you kind of messed the whole deal up. Christ is going to help you. Help you. Turn you around. And there's one person here this morning you know about the Bible. 
heard a hundred sermons and you have all kinds of knowledge in your head and nothing in your heart. I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer wherever you are. Because your heart is empty and your head is full. But you never met Jesus. There's several people here this morning. You've been to church, never met Jesus. I'm talking about meeting Jesus. I'm talking about an encounter all the compassion, grace, and love. He, he looks at us and we say, Jesus, I need you. So we're gonna, I'm going to ask everyone to pray this prayer out loud. Pray the prayer from your heart. And what's important is that you mean it with your heart. I always look at these girls here as daughters and the guys as my sons. I take this personally. And I would say to my son or daughter, you can do better. You're in this room here, you're so hopeless. Jesus is close. When I asked us to pray this prayer, everyone, Say it loudly because we want the devil to hear. He's losing some disciples in a minute. He's losing them. And I want us to say it loudly. No one moving. I want us to say it loudly. I want him to hear it. Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you. That you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe. God raised Jesus from the dead. He is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness, and eternal life you prayed that prayer, you are a new person. Go, go, go.